Watch the head bots and elbows. No rabbit punches, no low blows. This will not be a clean fight, so protect yourself at all times. The underdogs are coming for the throne. This is the B-Sides Boxing Podcast. That's presentation you can see the doc fine uh yes cool all right well it's just a two-piece today <clears throat> welcome beloved listeners to b-sides boxing we drip is what where did he say he was going like a convention or something like for for watches that's what he's doing is that a watch convention watches yes <laughs> Uh, that is an expensive hobby. It is. It is a very expensive hobby. I just looked at entry level, what aficionados consider entry level, and that way out of my price range. So, no yeah. thank you. I don't even wear them anyway. Uh, I have a Fitbit, and that's the first <laughs> watch I own. We're without drips, so it's just Shinada and I. I'm Leo. We're going to get into the news real quick. Uh, the announced... This was announced like a maybe a week and a half ago or something, but Benavides versus Demetrius Andre, it's uh, set to go November twenty fifth. It's going to be in Vegas, if I recall correctly. Um, looks Andre's finally got to fight somebody that actually matters. It's pretty weird. Yeah, it's been a while. He's always been the dark horse that a lot of people like to point at, uh, like hipster's choice when yeah thinking about what whatever division he was in one four uh 154 160 he was always that that like hipster's choice of who was who's real who is who in this division i i think benavides is gonna beat him but it should be a good fight um i don't know if i rate andre's chances that well um he hasn't his competition has not been very good and he has had he has struggled before and he's only gotten older and it's and uh, Benavides is uh, he's not called the monster for nothing so I'm not expecting Andre to see the final bell to be honest with you you think he goes he goes the distance I don't think he goes the distance but I think until he gets clocked it'll it'll be fun to watch I think it'll take a while before Benavides lands that big punch. Yeah, it's going to take him some time. Like, he had a little bit of difficulty with Caleb Plant in the beginning, so I I am expecting that. But once he starts slowing down, probably in the mids, mid-lates, and then it's over. Yeah, yeah. Still, finally, finally Andre's doing something, and Benavides is getting a nice, another good challenge. Uh, moving along, Inway is back. Quick turnaround. It was already. It was the writing was on the wall. Like they brought in Marlon Tapales in uh, when after rest in peace. I'm doing the little Catholic fucking hand gesture for Stephen Fulton. Uh, Inway, uh, Tapales was there in the crowd. He came into the ring. It was obvious, and here we are. It's gonna be December 26th. The undisputed super bantamweight championship is on the line um i am so excited it's yeah. my christmas present i am going to this fight i am going to watch it live hell yeah that 
Oh, that's a good one. To, oh, I can't imagine. Like, the, I really hope that the crowd is lively because I, I know that the their the culture there is different, and they recently I removed do... the rules of not cheering during the fighting. Yeah, and I do think that they intentionally set it up differently so it sounds quieter on the broadcast. I think the Americans have like crowd noise mics and things, and the Japanese don't. Yeah, you're probably right. There are there are definitely microphones that are picking up sound in the arena. Like I think in person, it's a lot more lively in Japan than it seems like it is on TV. So yeah, because it looks like it's just dead quiet, like nobody's yeah. talking until the the rounds end. Hmm. I was kind of expecting this to be on the big uh, New Year's Eve Same. Uh, boxing card, but I'm glad it isn't. I'm glad it gets its own night. Um, the the New Year's Eve one, I don't think I'll be able to get tickets for as well. So, the yeah, the like the festival thing that they do for I think they do the 30th and the 31st, just stacked cards. I as far as like Japanese guys, Japanese fighters go. But they're always, they always have a lot going on. Oh. Yeah, and they usually have exhibition matches and that sort of thing as well. Oh, that's fun. Huh. Yeah. Um, in a way, could have. That would have been a good move if they wanted if they had any prospects that they wanted to really get some spotlight on, just to have them on the same card as him. But they could just put them on the twenty sixth, I suppose. I mean, it's not going to change their training camp much. No. So, uh, Tapales, like barely earned his shot here. So I'm not. A, and even still, if MJ had beaten Akhmadaliev, had beaten Tapales, it wouldn't be. I'm not expecting a very different outcome. Brutality from no. start to finish. Yeah, I think the question is: Does Anui knock about with a, like an actual knockout or a liver shot KO? Oh, oh I would. Um... Man, I would love that. Body shot knockouts or body shot stoppages. They're my are, favorite. They're the best. Oh goodness. Like it's, absolutely love them. Even though I have a little bit of like sympathy pain in my sides when I see them, I don't care. It's uh rest well, in peace. Long kidneys. term long term probably better for the guy getting knocked out as well. Yeah, probably. Uh all right, let's get into our recaps. We are going from October eighth to yesterday, October 21st. Well, yesterday for me. And we start with one that you brought to our attention on Thursday, October 12th. John Real Casimiro had a technical draw versus uh, Yukinori Oguni. This was a 10-round fight at 122. The I So I watched... I was only able to see highlights, so I can't really speak to the whole fight, but what him calling yeah. out the winner of Inoue Tapales, if, if that's the performance that we're going to be basing, how would he do against that winner? Man, just go home. Yeah, like he did not look good. And my understanding is Ogumi is semi retired. <laughs> he was. <laughs> It only went three full rounds, but he definitely won at least one of those rounds, and it looked like he was 
gonna take Casimiro into deep water for sure. Yeah, it was a competitive fight, and if that's if he's semi-retired, tail end of his career, like up there in years, like you you, you have no chance, buddy. It's not no. It's not nothing personal. It's just you don't have a chance. Maybe against yeah, Topolis, but... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't want Casimiro to get a payday, but I also want Anui to end his career. So, yes. Who knows? <laughs> Same. Uh, the alleged diddler should... Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't want him to get paid either, but God, a liver shot stoppage for him would be fantastic. Yeah, with something happening in the, like, lead-up that takes away half his money or something would be an ideal outcome. Treasure boxing is... I don't know... Boxing promotion is different in Japan. I, If I'm not mistaken, like, they don't have a version of the Ali Act like we have in the U.S. where management and promotion is separate. Um, a lot of times we see like the head coach their head coaches being their managers uh for the fighter but here it's like your whatever gym you're associated with that they do everything the head coach is your he's your head coach he's your manager and he's he's the promotion as well yeah and from the couple fights i've tried to buy tickets from that's who's actually selling the tickets as well Unless you can go to the box office and pick it up, you email them, transfer them money, and then they mail you a ticket. Mm, that's a lot of trust. <laughs> yeah, actually, I even got a refund because they said the, the seat at the price I wanted to pay wasn't actually as good as the cheaper seats. So they sent me the cheaper seat and cash with the ticket. <laughs> the difference between the prices? Yeah, yeah, oh, 2,000 yen. That yeah, is so it was, cool. It was great. So, yeah, this treasure boxing thing is kind of weird. Um, I don't know, maybe that's uh, Casimiro's thing. but Yeah, I'm also not sure why he was fighting in Japan either. But um, Maybe they don't have an extradition treaty with the U.S. <laughs> like Philippines. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if that's what's actually going on let's just for the laughs everybody uh let's keep going here on october 14th had a, a few cards let's start with this one really quick the motherfucking misfits um influencers youtubers whatever you want to call them so there were two um the one mentioning quickly tommy fury got the ud over ksi fantastic hopefully ksi calls it quits from here or, I, I don't know, keep doing the clown shows, I guess. But, like, quit trying to pretend like I you're an actual boxer. Yeah, I don't really watch the the train wreck that is influencer boxing. I've only seen Tommy Fury. His two, I, I admit I did watch some Jake Paul stuff because it was, it was fun. It was for the memes, but this was this was ridiculous and the one that i wanted to talk about the most which isn't a lot anyway is the dylan dennis disqualification uh so the dude didn't do anything for all six rounds uh logan paul was just kind of peppering him with stuff trying to get something going and at the end um dylan dennis got logan paul in a headlock 
and then tried to take him down with the headlock and Logan Paul gets him off and then he starts punching him while he's on the ground or trying to punch him while Dylan Dennis is on the ground and uh, that, that was the end of the fight like the security a lot of security jumped into the ring and broke it up ridiculous it was ridiculous and just the round before Dylan Dennis tried to do like a takedown like a wrestling style takedown it was really dumb <laughs> um, less important was in uh, Rosenberg, Texas, Top Rank put on a middleweight unification fight um, from the bottom up. Richard Torres gets a stoppage in two over Tyrell Herndon. Six-round heavyweights. Uh, yeah, Torres still doing his thing. Keyshawn Davis gets a majority decision over Nahir Albright. Ten-round lightweights. Uh, it seems that Davis... Davis's shine is starting to, I don't know, you're starting to see through it a little bit as the competition gets stiffer. Yeah, I wasn't very impressed with him in that fight. Uh, I like him, too. I like Keyshawn a lot. I really want him to do well, but, yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, Albright isn't just some bum. Exactly. But... I think Davis should have should have looked better against him. Yes, that's kind of that's what I expect. The point was is that he's he's not a bum, but he's not exactly somebody that people know about, even regionally, maybe regionally at best. But yeah, this was this should have been a lot better from Keyshawn. Uh, let's get to the main event, uh, Johnny Beck. God, I can't remember how they were pronouncing it on the broadcast so i'm just going with johnny beck stops vincenzo <laughs> gualtieri in six they unified their ibf and wbo titles uh vincenzo didn't really seem too interested in engaging johnny beck was yeah just working him this one went exactly how i thought it was going to Pretty um much. yeah it, as soon as vincenzo felt how hard John Beck hits he started trying to survive and not trying to win yeah and uh, very little good that did him anyway um, I would think so I was saying last time how would Elijah Garcia do against one of these two like Johnny Beck still out of reach but uh, Vincenzo I, I'm not did not see anything that's worth keeping him in the conversation of of the highest levels no i agree i think he kind of lucked into a belt and he's not gonna get it back pretty much uh so that leaves Arislan dilara who is fighting danny garcia strangely uh for the wb that's the garcia still fighting yes i thought he retired no but he he's uh he might as well be because like as he gets, he's moving into these higher and higher divisions. I'm assuming because he doesn't want to cut weight for like his what he used to fight at. Yeah, like I follow him on Instagram, and it's all just ads for his clothing line now. Oh well, <laughs> which it. is awesome, by the way. It's all like neon colored animal prints. Oh, Love it. Wow, I'm gonna have to take a look at that. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so 
Arislandi Lara currently holds the WBA, and Carlos Thomas holds WBC. Um, Johnny Beck, I think the I was I had thought that Carlos Adamas was the only guy that was really worth anything as far as title holders went, but Johnny Beck's not bad. He's pretty decent. He's a little bit. He's better than decent. He's he's solid. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I I like him, and I give him a chance against anyone. He might not beat everyone, but I think it'll be worth watching. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. He'll be competitive with whoever. All right. Now, the one that mattered. In Australia at the Gold Coast Convention Center in Broad Beach, Queensland. Tim Zhu. He was the interim champion at for the WBO Junior Middleweight. He got elevated, and he fought rank two Brian Mendoza. Um, first thing, really quick, Sam Goodman was the that was the guy that uh, Ruby had mentioned to pay attention to, and like he was okay, he was very technically sound, but uh, his power leaves a lot to be desired because he was he that was, fight was a, that fight was a lot of fun to watch though. Yes, that that's the only thing. Like if I had to find something to make a critical point on it would just be that the power is lacking but still he's very technically sound very very good um smart with like ring generalship is good his punch placement and punch selection are great yeah he definitely knows what he's doing no shit <laughs> yeah but he's also pretty active i i want to be entertained when i watch boxing and i don't like the very selective punchers. I like that he's good and he's technical, but he has good output as well. Yeah, the output might be making up for the lack of power. But yes, we will be watching his career with great interest. Tim Zhu gets the UD over Brian Mendoza. It's not often that I throw this one out. I try to be selective with when I use this phrase, but this was... Brian Mendoza had victory in defeat. He won he won the narrative of the evening. He might have lost. Oh, he might have been very clearly getting outpointed, outshot, outpowered, out everything. But his toughness, his ruggedness, his tenacity is what I think won the night. That that to me that stole my, that like stole my heart as much as Tim Zhu was looking fucking awesome. He was like he just had his way with everything. Like Mendoza couldn't really stop him from doing anything, and that's really good to see. He de he's definitely a deserving champion, but I liked Mendoza's heart the most. I would say. Yeah, I agree. M Mendoza never stopped trying to win, <laughs> which is hard when you're getting outpointed that badly. Right, like Vincenzo fucking gave up completely yeah, gave up almost almost instantly like i think it was about the end of the first round vincenzo decided he wasn't gonna win but mendoza always had like it seemed like he believed he could turn it around and get a ko just the just one big punch if i just get this one big punch to get him dizzy and then i can yeah. jump on him and maybe something will happen from there but yeah he never gave up he never gave up and that's that was incredible to see. I am going to continue watching Brian Mendoza. I don't know. And however long he keeps fighting, 
Tim Zhu on yeah. to bigger and better things, of course. Uh, he's calling out Charlo, naturally. That's the only... Um, it's the only other... That's the biggest fight that you can make, but there's still a lot of other options that are out there. Um, I have listed here Josh Kelly and Xander Zayas. Those are the top contenders for his belt, but there's other big names that are you know, in his promotion stable. Um, Charlo, obviously, Brian Castaño, uh, Jesus Ramos, who absolutely did not lose, um, Erickson Lubin, who absolutely did not win, but it's nonetheless, he's still game. Uh, for Sebastian yeah, Fundura. I think Tim Zhu is competitive competitive or beats everyone. <laughs> yeah, I would rate him over pretty much everyone. Castaño is the one I would, other than Charlo, Castaño is the only one I'd give a solid, solid chance. Yeah, I, I think Tim Zhu has a really good run at the top of this division for sure. Then he moves up and fights Shanebeck. <laughs> I don't think Zoo might be able to move up. He looks pretty big at this weight. Yeah, he could put on a little more muscle, if nothing else. I think he'd be fine moving up. That might be his limit, though. I think 160 might be the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, he's not super big. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, let's keep it going. Unless you have anything more, to, uh, any more praises no. to sing for Tim. No, I just kind of felt bad that we were talking so much about Mendoza, even uh, though Zoo looked so good. Yeah, I know. It, uh, <laughs> I think I don't know why that that stood out to me more. Despite I keep I keep using the caveat, despite how awesome Tim Zoo was, he was incredible. It was it, um, it was really amazing to watch. He's a very talented athlete, very talented boxer. There's no nobody's denying that. I, I don't know the scrappy underdog story was. I think that might be why. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the big upset against Fandora. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that actually, the scrappy underdog story, that reminded me of, of the, on the YouTuber card, that's how uh, Logan Paul was fighting like, uh, like Rocky at the beginning of the first movie when he's still a club fighter. Yeah. That's what he's like. He even kind of looks like him at a distance, now that I think on it. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. <clears throat> Just a quick one. Probox TV was on the 18th. Um, I'm trying to remember which one of these. I think it's Daryl Darrell Valsaint versus Diego Ferreira. Was that was an enjoyable one? And there was another one that was really competitive before it was stopped. Kind of weird, but either way, uh, my expert memory on this, notwithstanding, definitely consider checking out Probox TV. It's free on YouTube. Uh, which I think has ads, and then if you get if you pay, it's like twenty dollars for the whole year. Not a bad deal at all. At least oh, two I cards didn't a month. Oh, I know it was on YouTube. I, know... I just go to ProboxTV.com. Oh, it's free there too. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, shit! I didn't realize it was free until uh, somebody said on the Discord, and so I've watched the last couple, and I'm really impressed with it. The fights are fun. I really like Chris Algieri as a commentator. Same. Pauly Malinaji, not so much, but... And uh, at Probox TV, they also have, like, podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And they have replays of all the, the fights you can watch. They always put on competitive fights. Um, their moniker, or their 
their motto is like we promote boxing not boxers or we don't promote boxers we promote boxing so it's really cool every every other week at least every other week they have an event so definitely worth keeping an eye on um scrappy fights like these are the these are the guys the winners here well ugh, can't say it anymore but like these are going to be the they would be the guys that go on to showbox who then go on to you know like the title fights and stuff but showtime showtime sports rest in peace yeah that that leaves a little bit of a hole i wonder who's gonna fill it um i know that showtime sports is folding all together how where they go the chatter that i've heard is that they're gonna go to amazon prime or prime video uh, i guess so there's that <clears throat> fair enough yeah that's uh where uh, i'll mention it in a moment so real quick yesterday jack catterall we were talking about this beforehand he defeats jorge linares by unanimous decision catterall looked good i'm of the camp that he beat josh taylor linares for being 38 uh, he looked really solid for the, for his age but it just wasn't enough unfortunately so handsome jorge's on his way out oh uh, it's jorge sorry oh god <laughs> that everybody on the british broadcast was doing that jorge and eddie Hearn knows how to say jorge he, i couldn't believe even he did it yeah because he does it all the time with his like with mexican fighters so how you would think this yeah. is any different i oh if you can't say somebody's name just use their last name then yeah, or, I don't know, ask them for a nickname that they use or something. Something. I, they could have called them the Samurai. That's yeah. way cooler. <laughs> then Jorge. Jorge. So, yeah, Lenars came into this three-fight skid. And so after after he lost this one, he talked to his, uh, talked to his manager, uh, which I assume is his wife the boss the ruler of all and that yeah he's hanging it up makes sense and um wasn't did you was it you mentioning in discord that lenars is in talks for broadcasting uh i didn't hear broadcasting but he has said since in a couple interviews that he wants to either transition to coaching or promoting I think Linares would make a good promoter or a good Spanish broadcast commentator. He's yeah, he's yeah. an intelligent, funny guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, his he could also work a little bit of Japanese, since that's uh, when he left Venezuela. That's where he went. Yeah, well, and I guess for this fight, he was in Japan training for a couple months. Um, I heard rumors, but I never was able to figure out where exactly he was. Yeah, I never learned where where in Japan he would stay, but still, yeah, he yeah Spanish language commentary would be great. He's he's intelligent himself, and he's obviously a good boxer enough to get um, what was it, four four time champion in three divisions or something. Yeah. So he's obvious he obviously knows what he's doing, and coaching is another good one. Just to yeah, like I think. Somebody mentioned English commentating, and his English is very good, but I think the, the thicker accent 
Yeah, the thicker accent would make it hard if he was speaking fast. Right. Having to speak quickly on high-paced action. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with Spanish. It's. Uh, I think um, in the Pro Box, on Pro Box, um, Juan Manuel Marquez, he's one of the stakeholders. I think he pokes in for commentary in Spanish from time to time. Nice. Uh, fun fact, Polly's Spanish is about as good as uh, Jorge's English. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I, well, isn't Malinaji Italian? Yes. Um, he's... I can't fucking stand him. I really can't, uh, <laughs> like, as a person. But his... his I like his analysis. His, com his boxing commentary is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, his voice drives me nuts, to be yeah, honest. a bit. But... Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of being driven nuts, Oscar De La Hoya's fucking poster child, Alexis Rocha, gets stopped in six by Giovanni Santillan. Man, oh man, that was a beatdown from. That was an ass kicking. Pillar like, to post. He didn't just lose, he got embarrassed. Yes, absolutely embarrassed. The, of what makes it. To me, what makes it, like I said, like this is, um, this is Oscar's, this is like his welterweight. This is the guy that he's really pushing as the welterweight for Golden Boy. And <laughs> he had nothing. Top rank sent in like one of their like B level guys and beat the shit out of Rocha. Not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> give, give Giovanni his credit. Like he looked good. He, absolutely. But... He was awesome. Uh -huh. Yeah, he stunned Rocha instantly and just kept on him the whole time. Right, uh, Rocha felt the power the first in the first round, and after that, he, like I, he didn't want any part of it. Maybe Rocha should uh, call up Castaño, learn some lessons on how to fucking dig deep. <laughs> <sighs> poor, poor Rocha. So Santian, I honestly hadn't heard of him before this, and that. That's a mistake on my part. Definitely going to be paying attention now. Uh, they were talking about Santiana's being like another player now at the top level of the scene of welterweight. I'm not so sure if that's the case yet. I need to see a little more. I think his last win, I might be wrong, but I think his last win before this one was a big upset as well. So he, he must have something, but I, I also hadn't seen him fight before heavy ass hands is what he got he does fit into like that B crop of guys um, trying to think like Cody Crowley is one of them that level of fighter I'm trying to think of other names Stanionis is a little bit in that world yeah, um, yeah I want Santian to... versus Stanionis might be fun to watch oh that's like Rock'em Sock'em Robots yeah that's my favorite kind of fight <laughs> Giovanni Santillan, just he's the fourth rated welter, welterweight in the world on BoxRec. So take that. That seems a bit high. Yeah, take that for what it for with a a lot of salt. Uh, 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 Mario Barrios would be fun, but I don't I don't see that going well for Santillan. Mm, Josh Taylor, I forgot he moved up. Gross. <laughs> Ugas should probably call it quits. 
if he hasn't already. Yeah, yeah, his eye is shot. Well, Steve Spark of uh, Clothesline fame. Oh, the Australian that loves threw out of the ring? Yep, that's him. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'd like to take a quick second to remind you that Raz could have gone to this, but chose not to. For shame. I would like to see him again, actually. I thought he was looking really good in that fight. Yes, he was. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, Connor Ben is back at uh, whatever the fuck. Uh, welterweight. So there's that. Steve Spark, um, he, after that clothesline, he was back on uh, Canelo Ryder, where he dropped a split decision that I don't think he lost. I'm uh, sure I watched that, but I don't remember. Yeah, it was um, it was a competitive fight. So, uh, Royman Villa still around. That's a good one. I might give Santi on the edge there. Either way, I think he, he gets a couple more fights at the kind of higher up level and see what he does. Adrian Broner. He's oh, still God. doing it. That's right. Well, he fought not that long ago, didn't he? He fought that lawyer in uh, in Florida. Bill Hutchinson. It was a Don King card. My... Oh, yes. That's the yes. one where... I did watch it too, I think. It was. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, not the fight itself, but the event as a whole, because just of how fucking bad it was. Uh, Don King with his like twenty-minute rant on uh, eugenics. Oh God! Uh, other things, uh, legal things, religious things. The guy was all over the place. And then uh, Broner had another Can Man speech. That was always fun. Those were always fun. <laughs> Uh, so Adrian Broner, that is, as much as Broner is a clown, it would still be the kind of profile I think that Santian could would benefit from. Yeah, people would watch it. And I think Santian beats Broner. Yeah, I Although would Broner say so Although Broner might just run the whole time, but... Uh, depends, because he doesn't, he doesn't always keep in the best of shape. That's true. So he might I think not be able to. Santian could catch him. Yeah, yeah. he would. I don't really see anybody else uh, mentioning. Okay, last thing from the 21st. Why do I have the have it 21st? <laughs> um, UFC 294. Uh, that happened as well. It a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, Johnny Walker, that was the co-main. He was hit with an illegal strike, which was he was in like a he had a knee on the mat and then his opponent kneed him in the head, which is illegal. And the doctor decided to pull the plug despite Johnny Walker clearly being having his wits about him. And um, it was a uh, yeah, not not fun, not a good way to end it. They called it a no contest despite whether or not it was unintentional it was still a deliberate strike that was a foul sounds like a disqualification to that's, me that's what but... i think but um i think but like a uh, nathan the way that he explained it or the way that he framed it was looking at intention because his opponent couldn't really see what was where his hands and knees were at because because of the way that they were positioned so 
he he didn't necessarily know that he was down. Yeah, I I don't watch a whole bunch of MMA, but the no knees to the head when you're down, but like any other this time is, is fine. Happen. Yeah, this is gonna happen. You're not gonna realize that they're technically down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think if you're gonna do that style of fighting, just remove most of the rules. I also don't understand the no 12 to 6 elbows either. I don't know why that's a rule either, but I do know there's a Muay Thai fight that happened recently between two like juggernauts in the Muay Thai world, and one of the tw uh, there was a 12 to 6 elbow that landed, and there was just blood everywhere the entire fight. Yeah, but I mean, that can happen with an elbow to any the other forehead way. as well. Yeah. Any other kind of elbow could do that. Um, but Makashev and Volkanovsky, they had their rematch, and it was a dynamite ending. It was crazy. So, yeah, we recorded earlier today, so that'll be coming out soon. Check that out if you want to hear more about MMA. Previews are pretty light. In On the 28th in Cancun... Oshaki Foster is back versus Eduardo Hernandez. This is the WBC 130 title. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of Hernandez. I can't really find him rated by any other sanctioning body. Um, and so I think they're trying to build Foster's profile here. Yeah, I've certainly never heard of Eduardo Hernandez. And I follow the lightweight classes. So. Yeah, um, being a degenerate, I keep up with pretty much all of it for the sake of this outline, if nothing else. I think I stop at 112, though. I like, I like the minimum weights. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> um, for min like Those minimum weights or straw weights uh, or even atom weight below it, which is typically only for women, nonetheless, like in the MMA kickboxing Muay Thai circle, I do, I do pay attention to those smaller weights, but not so much for uh, boxing. I don't know why. There's really no reason to have that distinction. Um, There's more knockouts in MMA, I think. Uh, let's see, really quickly. In, this is a star boxing promotion. I'm not sure where it's going to be uh, broadcasted. Um, but this one's in Huntington, New York. Wendy Toussaint versus Jer Jerome Jones. Wendy Toussaint, his most recent fight, he had um, he fought Ardreal Holmes, who was... Uh, prospect I was previ previously keeping up with until this. Uh, Toussaint, I thought, was winning pretty handily, and a cut, call, uh, the doctor called the fight, so they had to go to the go to the cards as they were at that time, and it was very strangely awarded to Holmes, I don't, but I don't think he deserved it. So, there you go. Wendy Toussaint, here he is. Mm -mm -mm. This is gonna be fun. In Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Queensberry Promotions brings you elite competition, Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. It's a, from top to bottom, it's all heavyweights. Um, I tried to find as much like names and information as I could about these guys. I couldn't find it on very many of them, or a few of them I couldn't find. And some of them are pretty light anyway. So from the bottom up, uh, McGann versus Duran. I can't even, couldn't even find their first names. Moses. That's, that's not a good sign. It's not. I'm a pretty good sleuth too, so I couldn't find them. That says, but to me, that's telling. 
Moses Itelma versus uh, Istvan Bernath. Uh, Arslanbek Mahmudov versus Junior Wright. I've heard of Arslanbek. Uh, Carlos Takam, the uh, old standby, versus uh, Martin Bacoli of uh, embarrassing Tony Yoka fame. Mm, Joseph Parker versus Simon Keane. Fabio Wardley versus David Adelai. And then Tyson Fury versus Ngannou. Honestly, the Carlos Takam Martin Bacoli fight is the one that interests me the most. Other than the, cir- the like the I, circus factor of the main event is. Yeah, what? I can't remember who Martin Bacoli is. Uh, I'm sure I've seen him, but I don't know which one he is. He's from the Congo. Um, a picture up. The blue flag Congo Democratic Republic. Oh yeah, I recognize his face. Uh, I just remember him. Uh, whipping uh tony yoka but it was i it's a terrible analogy but he was like a like a scared beaten dog he's whipping him (laughs) and like yoka was just fucking scared the whole time and then yoka did that again against carlos to come i like to it should be a good matchup then yeah it should be fun the uh the yoka vanquishers (laughs) um joseph parker it's weird like he's about my age and he really does seem like he's getting old despite being in the heavier weight classes where age isn't quite this it's not the same heavy uh, the magnitude isn't as great as it is in the lower weight classes i think joseph parker has let things outside of the ring affect him more than more than a boxer should like Joseph Parker seems like he's not training as hard and he's he's just enjoying life too much to be at the top of heavyweight boxing anymore. Uh, international importing and exporting seems to yeah. be doing really well for him. Yeah. And uh <laughs> you know, I do follow him on Instagram cuz he was really funny during COVID. He would do these skits where he was all the people in a a movie scene. That's fun. Anyway, yeah, they were really good. You should look them up. But it seems like he's not training by watching his Instagram. Which I find is usually the first sign of somebody who just is on the down skid. Yeah, he's not very interested anymore. Yeah, like for this camp, he's put up like three pitchers. Uh, his first loss, first quote unquote, was to AJ. Then he lost to Dillian White. Gross. Uh, had a good win streak. Then lost to Joe Joyce. And then he lost to Joe Joyce. I enjoyed that fight. <laughs> Joe Joyce beating Parker. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to Before remember. Before that, he had a fight the during COVID in New Zealand. And he looked like shit in that fight. But I can't remember who he was fighting. Alexander Maybe Flores. Pa? Oh. oh, no. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Junior Fa. Fa, yeah. yeah. I, I knew it was like a two-letter last name. He looked really bad in that fight, I thought. Parker did. Um, I don't think I saw it. it. I'm pretty sure it was on DAZN during COVID. I saw all of them. Hmm. Well, I guess that would make sense because of the way New Zealand handled the pandemic in general. Two Kiwis fighting makes sense. Yeah, they were allowed to have a crowd and everything for that fight. It it was in February of 21, so by that point, New Zealand had 
handled their business properly. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, Tyson Fury versus Nganu. I'm really just hoping Nganu knocks him clean out. Not just because I, I would... dislike him, but because the Usyk fight's already signed. I would love it. I would love it so much if Nganu walked in and just one-shotted him. Uh, one can dream. Yeah, I really don't see it happening, but... Okay, let's the keep... The ads for this are also pretty funny. The Fury and Ganu. Yeah, they're pretty They're pretty good. Show, it doesn't show anything with boxing. It's just... It's two big guys that hit stuff hard. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's what they're pitching it as, is just uh, two big dudes about to clobber each other. Mm -mm -mm. Let's keep going. On Wednesday, November 1st, another Pro Box card. Uh, this is uh, Janison Figueroa versus uh, Alberto Palmetta, 10-round welterweights. And this one caught my eye, Angelo Leo versus Aram Av Avagian. I think I got that. Those are uh, Angelo Leo was one is a one twenty was one of like the top one twenty twos before Fulton and um, Brandon Figueroa fought Danny Roman and Angelo Leo. They're kind of in the same vein of Santian. So Angelo but Leo should put on a an, an entertaining fight. I honestly, I didn't recognize his name, but I'll have to check it out. The like I said, Probox has been impressing me. Yeah, it's a lot. It's great. I it's one of the better. Even if they're putting everything for free now, I I still don't mind paying the subscription because at first it's not a lot. Second, if it helps them continue doing what they're doing, then absolutely. So there's that Probox TV that's on Wednesday, November first, and then on the fourth, last thing we have on the docket. Joe Cordina versus, as they're saying it, Edward Vasquez. They're just determined to say these names wrong all the time. Um, so Cordina is the champion at 130 in the, with the IBF belt, and uh, Vasquez is rated ninth. Uh, typically not the level that somewhere between uh, one to five is considered acceptable for mandatories uh, as far as the IBF rules go. So I'm not sure. It's a weird one to pick as your voluntary. Yeah, I I don't know. I like Cordina, but his promotion has been suspect to me. Yes. Yes, it has. Uh, yeah, his career is not being handled properly. I, I think it's not being handled properly. Like, I, I think Cordina's good. I think Cordina's very good, and I think he should be fighting very good people. <laughs> I don't know why they're pulling these guys out of kind of the middle. Let's see. So the other champions at 130, uh, Navarrete is the WBO champion. Aforementioned Oshaki Foster is the WBC. Um, IPF is Cordina. WBA is supposed to be Hector Garcia. I'm not sure if he's still fighting, though. He still hasn't fought since since uh, Davis. And that's almost a year ago. I I mean, people take that long off quite often, but. And he did have um, eye, an eye issue as well. I don't know if it was an or orbital bone or detached retina. Both of them sound horrendous, so take your time. But, God, Oscar Valdez, not that Cordino's going to get a shot at him. 
Why is Lee Wood at 130 or listed at 130? Oh well. <sighs> it. I I think Cordina could fight any of those guys you listed and and not look stupid though. No, not at all. He has solid one shot fight ending fight changing power uh, as demonstrated it's technically sound yeah he's not a bad boxer either so he knows how to use his power effectively um foster yeah against ogawa that was an awful knockout yeah that was great i guess depending how you look at it but i like ogawa so um uh, like oshaki foster kind of lacks in the power department but he's rangy and mobile so I, I don't know if I've seen Cordina against somebody who can move that well no I can't think but I don't think he how do I put this I haven't seen it but I think he could handle it yeah but we don't know because they put him up against ninth rate to Vasquez <laughs> the ads for the Cordina fight on DAZN are also really good it's him all dressed up in a casino, oh. walking around, looking chic. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. It's going to be in Monte Carlo. Yeah, and they're really playing it up in the ads. I like it. But now that I think about it, I don't think Vasquez is in the ad at all. It's just Joe Cordina walking through, walking through Monte Carlo Casino. Um, Edward Vasquez is on page two of BoxRec. That's not good. So, uh, as much as we can, la we can uh, clown on Boxrex rating methodology. Still, being on page two and you're fighting the champion—that's that's not a good look. It's not going to be a good night for anyone. Cordina versus Navarrete. I'm trying to think how that would go because Navarrete is uh, swarming, uh, swarming volume pressure. I think Navarrete gives Cordina a really hard night. Yeah. And Cordina might not be able to handle it. But again, we don't know because they don't match him against anyone good. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that they're good, but not the other not top guys in the division. Yeah. Yeah, the list of the elites is pretty short. Uh, Foster, Navarrete, Cordina, and I guess you could include Hector Garcia with an asterisk, but we don't know how he's going to be. Chris Colbert. <laughs> uh, no, don't do that, Chris. <laughs> um, well, let's see here. I think that's it. That's all we got on the docket for this one. Um, mm -mm -mm. Unless you have anything, anything uh, J Japanese local? No, I didn't find any names I really know fighting in the next two weeks. There is a guy... Name a Japanese fighter's name is Masanori Rikishi. I used that to watch. I used to watch wrestling as a kid, and Rikishi was a well, that was a character. I'll just if you don't know who it is, just look up photos of what he looked like, and that'll that'll give you a good idea. Uh, I can imagine. I don't know it, but I'm pretty sure I I know the style they would go with. And so. Let's get the housekeeping stuff. Um, mm -mm -mm. 
I mentioned uh, Ultimate Fucking Casuals, where we record MMA stuff. If you search it, Ultimate Effin, you know. Um, Hard Shell Tacos, I, that's a show I do with my cousin. Um, we are both, we were both kind of like the oddities of our very traditionally Hispanic households. So, how are, how are the weird kids doing? It's kind of what we're doing there. And Progressive Patriots, there's a domestic version that covers U.S. news, uh, political news, obviously. Oh, I don't know if that's obvious or not. Whatever. And then the international one just got started. As far as that one goes, we haven't gotten to the Palestine-Israel situation yet. Um, it's. I really want to approach it as objectively as I can. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to paint, paint the wrong picture, or give the wrong impression of what's what, when I'm not that much of an expert myself. So there's those. Uh, let's see. My favorite phrase is "do the internet stuff," which is it really helps. It really, really helps interacting with social media posts, uh, rating, reviewing the show, the episodes on whatever your podcast platform is. Either way, it's like uh, like I'm like the only one that comments on our stuff, <laughs> so I usually <laughs> just uh, comment, uh, saying stuff like, "Oh, I bet the host is he's a fucking stud cake or something." I don't know. I mean, nobody else is doing it, so I'm gonna do it. <clears throat> if you gotta promote yourself, you gotta promote yourself. Uh, that's absolutely right. So, speaking of a little bit of promotion of the self. Our social media handles are LDX Media Net on everything. If you can't find it, I'm not on it. Uh, contact options, go to lvxmedia.net and you'll see the B-sides. The, that's the first button, the very top one. Um, you can hit that. If you go in, there's once you go in there, there's uh, a phone number and an email address. The email address is whatever. You just hit the button and it'll fill it in for you the phone number you can call it and leave a voicemail you can text it if you want uh, it's anonymous unattended i don't check it until i'm about to record uh, a show for you know so i don't check it very often so you, yeah if you want to comment on anything that was said if there's something that you want to hear me talk about feel free i'm very interested in hearing your opinions as monotone as i was Okay, so... Do you get very many voicemails? No. Uh, text messages, I only... I've only been getting them for hard shell tacos, not for anything else. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess... We haven't pissed off enough people on B-Sides Boxes. <laughs> I suppose we haven't. It's weird, because like, we really do take the, like, the entire expanded... Uh, Lux Media Network, even like there's a boxing fan that's on Progressive Patriots, and everyone's the consensus is fuck Tyson Fury. Like everybody's saying it. So, I'm, I'm still waiting for the Tyson Fury fans to come for me. Mm -mm -mm. Parting words. So, this is uh, for you if you want to plug anything or mention anything. Uh, no, I don't really have anything to plug or mention, but it is right before Halloween, so everybody be careful on Halloween. Don't run over any small children, and don't drink too much. Yeah. 
check your candy bars for razor blades. That happens Ugh. all the time. <laughs> all the time. And uh. don't hand out uh, fruit. Fruit is not candy. And one thing I will plug, I used to buy small comic books to hand out to the kids with allergies. So having something that isn't food, ah. a, a few of them is always nice for the kids who maybe don't generally get to participate in Halloween. Oh, uh, yeah, that's actually a good idea for like peanut allergies or whatever. That That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, our, our local comic book store sold packs of 100 of these you know, Halloween specific ones. And you usually got one that was for small children, one that was for kind of young children, and one that was more for teenagers that was actually a little spooky. Ooh, that sounds pretty fun. I might look yeah, into that. Yeah, uh, we, became, we became the comic book house <laughs> for a few years in St. John's. Kids would run up and ask if we still had comics. It was great. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'd never heard of that. Um, par anything for me, parting words, uh, fuck Tyson Fury, as always. Um, check out my very terrible merch. That's, that's kind of like the, the self-deprecation is the angle that I take. If you look on our social media uh, pages, like the little moniker or tagline or whatever, or the motto, not moniker, but it's, uh, serving up the worst podcast you'll ever hear, um, <laughs> I, I don't keep up with it much, but I used to do a lot of written material for um, for the website. And that would be like the worst opinions you'll ever read. They're like, you know how our podcasts are the worst podcasts you'll ever hear? This is like that. Yeah. But it's written. Enjoy. Uh, that's going to do it. All right. All right. Thank you very much for joining me on what is my Sunday evening. And we yeah, will... thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, this is fun. Of course. Uh, so, beloved listeners, thank you very much. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net. Hello, if you made it this far, want to give you my thanks once again. Uh, the song taking us out today is Winter Fields by City Girl. If you want to hear more from City Girl, go to lvx.at slash city.